Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Consumer's Law Journal on your Law Talk Radio. This is your host, Nick Augustine, the Law Publicist. This show is produced by Law Publicist Communications, a legal marketing and public relations agency serving law firms and business professionals. The production of Your Law Talk Radio is funded by our sponsor donations and advertising. We work hard to bring you new and pragmatic content on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 3 o'clock Central. Our guest today is Mary Erlane. She's the president of Peak Marketing and Sales Incorporated and serves as the executive vice president of the Leadership Management Institute Riverside, LMI Riverside. Um, Mary is a business coach who specializes in strategic and organizational planning and implementation. She is the facilitator of the Peak Workshops and is co-facilitator of the Entrepreneurs Group in Chicago. See Mary for Connecting Dots and Removing Barriers. Her website has more information. It's www.peakmsi.com, which is P-E-A-K-M-S-I.com. You can also find some information about her LinkedIn workshops at www.linkedinworkshops.net. The title of today's show is Executive Women in Leadership with Mary Erlane. Mary Erlane is the acclaimed executive coach. She will share some statistics and barriers to women leaders in business. And through goal-setting leadership qualities and challenges of conditioning, Mary helps her clients create a good format for success. Before we get going, we have a few messages for you. We want to welcome up to callers this afternoon. If you have any uh, content or uh, questions, our shows are neutral and objective. Your counterpoints are as welcome. 917-889-9732, option one for the caller queue. Number again is 917-889-9732. And by way of short disclaimer, this is a general information program and the advice shared on our show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with attorneys on the show does not give rise to attorney-client relationships. Law Talk Radio does not necessarily endorse all the opinions expressed by guests. And finally, all callers remain confidential and all rights to this broadcast are reserved. Okay, I've got three events to tell you about shortly before we get moving on with subject matter. And the first two are brought to you from the Chicago Lawyer Magazine, their Off the Pages series. The first is going to be on September 20th, 2011. The event is called Taking Care of Business. And the three panels of interests are, number one, how to grow your book of business in this challenging economy. Number two, building a relationship with your in-house lawyers. Number three, motivating and keeping young talented. And the panelists for this event are top attorneys and executives with valuable insight. The event will be held from 7.30 to 11 a.m. at the University Club in Chicago. For early bird registration and more information, please call Ms. Olivia Clark for more information. Her number is 312-644-4033. You can also email her at O-C-L-A-R-K-E at lbpc.com. MCLE credit is pending for this event and sponsorship tunes are available. Now the second off the pages series brought to you by Chicago Lawyer Magazine is on October 18th and that one is titled Taking Diversity Seriously. The following panels will be presented. Number one, being a woman in this legal industry, how do you navigate the challenging waters? And two, a detailed look at diversity statistics. In addition, Chicago Lawyer presents keynote speaker Aaron Reeves of NextGens. Reeves is a Chicago Lawyer columnist and diversity expert who will present his status report on diversity. This event also takes place from 7.30 to 11 at the University Club in Chicago. Again, uh, Olivia Clark at Law Bulletin has more information and registration info to help you. Telephone number 312 644 
4033. Now our third announcement, if you are in DuPage County on September 22nd, 2011, you should attend the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois West Suburban Practice Group's annual open house. Come to Carlucci's Restaurant at Lombard at the intersection of I-355 and Butterfield Road from 5 to 7 and meet the attorneys, financial, and mental health professionals who team up to provide collaborative divorce solutions. Guests will include professionals who might want to become a collaborative fellow, as well as family law judges from the DuPage Family Law Division and affiliate professionals who are utilized in the collaborative process. For more information, please email Ms. Connie Walsh. Her email is Connie, C-O-N-N-I-E, at yourfinancialdivorce.com. Now, moving on with our show, uh, today's subject matter, again, Mary Lane works to help women professionals learn the skill of connecting the dots and removing barriers. The Leadership for Women program also uh, includes content on the issues affecting women in business, such as statistics, barriers, positive leadership qualities of women, goal setting, the challenges of conditioning, and the formula for success. When you listen to Mary's lecture, you'll learn how to build a positive self-image, understand motivation, approaching the challenges of leadership, time management, and communication. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, Mary Erlaine. Hi, Nick. How are you today? I'm good. I look forward to hearing more. If you could speak up a little bit, I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing from you, but... Um, Let's talk about we you know we talked about some of these issues before. Highlight if you could first and, and let us know about the uh, I know that there's a new uh, the the new leadership for women program through LMI Riverside. There's a new website for that. All sorts of good things going on. So let's let lead us through us. Well, right now could not be a better time to focus on leadership for women. Uh, in our marketplace, although women have not necessarily taken the rightful place, they're definitely on the move. Um, I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but financial services, HR, and operations are specifically areas where women now have the edge in terms of the majority, uh, whereas men used to dominate those particular professions. Also, in large corporate areas, there is more opportunity for women to take more senior leadership roles. But that's not totally what leadership for women is all about. It's really about tapping that leader inside of any woman, no matter what their position is inside of a company, um, organization, association. It really focuses on developing um, women and their, their talents that are untapped in all areas of life, not just the business area. Mary, when you start approaching some of these problems uh, and solutions, what's what's the general approach? What's the is there a mm, a general sense or a theme behind how um, how these are approached? Because it seems like there's so many different people in different leadership positions, and so many women um, who are operating in different spheres. How does it work? procedurally, just so our uh, people at home listening know how everything operates? Well, the first piece is really that level of awareness. Where exactly are you at in your level of satisfaction in all areas of your life? Not just the financial and career, but let's look at your family and home life. Let's look socially where you are, um, spiritually, ethically, um, your education um, and certifications, uh, physical and health, 
uh, when we're, we're looking at all areas of life, the first piece is really establishing, um, essentially we, we kind of look at it as, as kind of a GPS. You know, when we're, we're going somewhere, we have to know exactly where we are in order to get somewhere. If we're going to develop ourselves in the individual, the process is really not all that different. It's really establishing that benchmark of where you're at, good, bad, or indifferent. It is what it is. What is it that you want out of life? You know, where is it that you want to be? Um, what are the most critical areas you need to focus on to close those gaps? of where you are at and where you want to be, and then begin to develop and put plans in place, um, have some new skill development, knowledge, uh, putting goals in place, and begin to take those, those first action steps on closing that gap. That really is defined as the LMI process. Uh, you started the show by uh, describing um, who LMI, specifically LMI Riverside is, you know, we focus on developing people. Today we're talking predominantly about women, but that can be um, entrepreneurs. It can be um, uh, people generally in their, in their public or their, their, I'm sorry, their private life. Um, that can be organizations of full of people. Uh, really our business is really developing um, people into that next level. And it, but specifically today, we're talking about um, the women and and their particular struggles that they have. Okay, Mary. So it sounds like, and what I'm taking from this, and just I uh, want to make sure we're on the same page here. You do go through and personalize and take a, a real assessment of everyone that's going through the program, and everyone finds out where they are now and identifies their goals of where they want to be, and the program uses some standard uh, procedures, but which are also um, I, I, you know, unique to each individual to go through and address, uh, sort of make a plan, work a plan. Right. Out of that awareness comes those first stage of goals you know, some business goal, some level of a personal goal, and a developmental goal. And everything, and that's where the customization comes in, because everything that is learned is applied to reaching those goals. And these are goals that are established by the individual. They're not goals that I give people. They're not goals that are given by anyone else. It really is what is it that you want. Let's break it down into small steps and let's take everything we learn through the entire process and apply it to reaching those goals. The spaced repetition, the results, the success that we get by that is really where transformation and motivation come in. This isn't just sitting in a class and hearing somebody um, lecture or teach, or um, put up a seminar. The, the learning is done independently. When we get together, it's sharing what worked. What were the results? How did you implement this? What is the plan of action that you can take this forward and grow this larger in your life? Uh, it is a discussion-based um, time together and um, what were the goals that you set this week? What were the results of those goals? And what that does is it reinforces the learning. 
um, seminars and, and typical lectures don't work because we lack, and I'll use my own tagline, oftentimes we lack that ability to connect the dots. We lack that ability to take the information we learn and implement it, measure the results, and, and repeatedly implement it. Um, in space repetition is where we develop new habits that create new behavior choices that lead to a new attitude that gives us different results that eventually leads to our success. I just gave you the formula for success. It really starts much deeper than an attitude change. It starts at behavior change. Now, when we talk about behavior change, and I agree, and I know that habits are the goal to form, you know, to get to where we need to be with our goals, we need to form habits to get there. Habits are, just as they're easy to break, they're easy to form. And I've talked to so many people who have, you know, t told me about uh, different things they do and suggestions on how to improve uh, the quality of business for different things. And it's it's tough to form the habits, and especially the longer that you've been in a position of leadership, um, it almost seems difficult to turn uh, the mic over to someone else who will tell you maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. It seems like you know one thing to tell me how you think I should do things, but you don't. There's a sense of no one really knows my business that well. So, um, how do you answer some of those challenges? It's taken in small steps. Um, ultimately, it, what, what I'm hearing you talk about is um, oftentimes giving up control. Um, the first piece of that is holding on to that degree of control. You know, what are the activities that really drive income in your business? You know, what are those activities that drive income in your business? And understanding oftentimes the things that we're doing that we're holding on to are really activities that are low payoff activities. So the first piece, you know, is back to awareness is what are the things that you do that A, no one else can do or no one else can do better than you? Um, it's identifying those. Once we understand what our low payoff activities are and the fact that we may be doing them, but they're really not driving growth in our life, whatever that may be. It's a little easier for us to begin to release those. So once we understand the consequences of our choices, it, again, it all goes back to awareness. Now, it's all taken in small steps. Development is not um, a crash diet approach. It's done over time. It's done slowly with each action step, breaking it down into small bites um, so that they, it took you a long time to get wherever you are at. It's going to take time to unwind that. We're not into a flash in the pan, you know, do it once, get success type method. It's to be done slowly and specifically measuring results and unwinding old habits um, slowly because if we do it slowly, it's a little less painful and we have a greater chance of holding on to those habits over the long term versus taking the amputation method. 
Well, the amputation method never sounds painless, that's for sure. We're going to pause quickly for our first set of breaks, and then we're going to be back with Mary Erlaine and talk more about leadership for women, LMI Riverside, goal setting, high payoff activities, spaced repetition to learning and creating new habits and all good more things. Uh, we, we've done a few of these. We've talked about this before in the past, and it's good to uh, get Mary's feedback on uh, some people's experiences with the shift in the economy. So uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that after the first break, talk about um, where things were a year ago, what are people experiencing now, and uh, we always like statistics and numbers, Mary. If you want to throw some out, you can do that as well. But we're going to pause right now for our first set of breaks. Our first commercial sponsor is the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Do your marketing materials and slogans infringe on another's intellectual property rights? You should find out. Chicago land attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity while guarding against trademark infringement, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme at 708 708- Four 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 seven nine zero zero. The telephone number again is seven zero eight four 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 seventy nine hundred. You can also visit nkdlaw.com for more information. Next, our next sponsor is Peak Marketing and Sales Incorporated, our very own guest today. If you haven't met Mary or Lane yet, then you should listen up because she'll help you make more money. Mary is well-known all over the Chicagoland area for her executive coaching and unique abilities in helping people with connecting the dots and removing barriers to business goals. Mary is the president of Peak Marketing and Sales Incorporated, and these renowned coaching and consulting services are available to businesses, associations, organizations, and teams who want to bring about measurable results. Call Mary today at 630-768-1422. Telephone number again is 630-768-1422. You can also visit Peak Marketing online at peakmsi.com. Now our third commercial sponsor from Law Publicist Communications. Law Publicist Communications is a legal marketing and public relations agency serving Chicagoland lawyers and business professionals. Many people hire us to write their marketing material, blog, articles, and press releases that we then use to promote and manage our clients' webinars, events, and media placement. We are a full-service agency, and you'd be surprised how many ways we can help you. Give us a call today at 312-505-2604 to see how we can help put you on the map and position you to get more clients. That telephone number again is 312-505-2604. Now, we do want to remind you, if you have a guest suggestion for Law Talk Radio broadcast, please drop us a note on our website or Facebook page. You can simply search in Google for Law Talk Radio and pretty easily find us. So now back to our show with Mary Erlaine. Mary, um, as I suggested right before the break, the it's been it's been probably about a year since we've talked about uh, the leadership and women programs, and I'm curious as to what the landscape looked like a year ago. What what does thing what do things look like now? Um, so much it feels like the attitudes in business and some styles and uh you know things seem to be you know changing it looks like there's a lot more forward progress than we had a year or two years ago um what's the current stat- status of things well like i i said in the very beginning um women dominate in the areas um of um 
financial services and, and some other areas. Um, more women are in the workplace now um, than were um, uh, in, in years past. So now women um, outnumber men in, in jobs. Um, that can be for many reasons. Um, one of them that still is an issue is pay. You know, women are not equaling men, you know, in the world of pay. And post-recession, if, um, if, if money is a concern and people want to hire um, based on that, that would be one area. The other area would be is, you know, women are um, seeking um, higher education and are, you know, are, are quite qualified. So I don't have any um, specific recent, recent, recent statistics like from, from the government. You know, they did this from um, the census. And um, those have not necessarily reflected women um, in business since the census. So, you know, if you're if you're looking within the past year, um, don't necessarily have those statistics. However, you know, in the past, you know, there are 10.1 million firms with at least um, that are owned 50% owned by a woman or women. Um, you know, about half of all privately held firms are at least 50% women-owned. Um, and then women-owned firms employ at least $13 million people and generate nearly $2 trillion in sales. Those are some statistics from the Center for Women's Business Research um, in the past. When we're looking at companies that uh, are, are women-owned, they generally have three times the growth rate of all firms. Um, so their businesses are growing. And then one in five firms that are would be considered larger small business on up, one in five are owned by a woman. And what I mean by that is Woman-owned, in order to get your WBE, your, your uh, Women Business Entity certification, they are scrutinizing those applications. Um, no longer can uh, a man get the tax benefits by putting the business just in the woman's name without her having a stake um, in the business and its operations. Um, so when they're talking about women owning businesses, they really mean women participating in, in the operations and ownership of, of that business. Um, prior to um, later 2000s, um, the, the, they, came down, they came down on that uh, significantly and began to audit those situations. Um, so certification is actually more difficult to get now um, as a WBE, um, there's much more that you have to prove um, in order to be a woman-owned business. Mary, I have a question. With the growth of women-owned businesses and success and 
um, dominating certain service industries. I have to ask the question because I know that you work with men and women alike, um, although the Women in Leadership is a, a specific program for a specific skill set and, and, um, and whatnot. What are some of the general qualities and attributes of women in the workforce that um, seem to, you know, I know we can't always assign causation, but maybe correlate to some of the growth and in, in success? I have my own personal um, feelings, and I'm curious what yours are. Um, four come to mind specifically. I think their ability to listen and understand feelings before taking action. Um, their ability to communicate more effectively and, and um, um, again, coming back to the, the being clearly understood. Their their sensitivity um, to, like, morale, feelings, things around that are going on around them, both with their colleagues, you know, and their management. And they're much more willing, um, kind of goes back to their ability to stop and ask for directions, um, their ability to solicit input from their colleagues. You know, their that ability to ask for help actually you know, in the world of, of raising their hand as business owners and asking for help, um, they will do it earlier than oftentimes, um, you know, um, men may, may do in business. Um, so those are four specific qualities. There are others. Um, the uh, their, their ability also to, their willingness to, to pitch in and... Um, um, that willingness to be part of a team as opposed to being the team um, alone so they're less lone wolves. You know, you, you'll see women in business collaborating together. So they may all have their own business, but they're working together for each other's success. So those, those are probably a few off the top of my head. Mary, those are that's a great list. And what jumps off, I was just taking notes as you were explaining the, that list, and what jumps off the page is that some of the – attributes of women in positions of leadership seem to really lead themselves right into the programs and um, the leadership for the leadership for women programming it seems to be a good match yes uh, the one obstacle and automatically it, all too often the the downside of that is um, and what this program is not is not a program where we are are bashing our counterparts, you know, in business. Um, clearly, there are market challenges. Clearly, women's time challenges, if they have children, are in relationships, extended relationships of any type, whether that's also caregiving of, of their parents. Um, all of those things factor into unique time challenges that women have in business. Um, so those those two are given, and we do focus time. But the other aspect we do is we focus on some conditioning. You know, the conditioning we've received as parent from our parents. I clearly am a product of that. Come from the the uh, era of you know become a teacher or a nurse. Um, I became the nurse, and um, I have my other counterpart, Alexandra Glumack um, of LMI Riverside. She is the co-facilitator in this. Uh, she's the teacher. Um, so 
there's also that, that conditioning that we've received, not only from our families, but from the messages that we've received in school, from previous bosses, career paths, um, our own preconceived assumptions, and um, the um, that tends to oftentimes control some of our thought process and choices. It's easier to blame um, other factors. But this program also takes a look in the mirror where we have these qualities of leadership inside of us, but unfortunately our conditioning is getting in the way. And how do we unwind and, and deal with some of those messages that we're playing in our own heads? Um, that's another aspect of leadership. So these, we're, we're getting into that untapped potential that every woman, frankly, every woman or man has in in their um, their own potential. There's a whole boatload of untapped potential, and that's where I live. It's really getting in there and finding that. Another word that comes to mind, I like untapped potential, and I think that, you know, we've all heard that. We have the potential for so much, and I think that one of the barriers to that is confidence. Um, our guest on one of our earlier programs, was Dr. Leon, Dr. Leah Jackman-Whitener, um, has a book called The Confidence Book. How much of confidence do you see is playing a part in some of the barriers to the business goals here? Well, absolutely that has a part, and I guess that kind of goes back to the the conditioning. Um, you know, we, we may have had input directly, or we may have taken and created our own input by our perceptions. And um, oftentimes what we end up doing, because it goes back to space repetition and and what lack of confidence is or what being confident confident is is oftentimes what are the messages and the tapes we're playing in our head repeatedly you know we we focus on you know what is that um and we're not trying to get all psychological about this but you know we we work with affirmations and visualizations um part of part of that spaced repetition is also unwinding um what we're saying constantly when we're even unaware and and if you if you say it and do it enough you can um change a habit um you know there's a big difference in my results if i walk around and say um i'm a successful person and if i have that tape playing in my head versus i'm a failure and oftentimes people who are struggling in in their lives have some negative talk going on that leads more to something along the lines of I'm a failure or, or I'm not. There's some negativity going on and we get up under that. Um, and uh, with the spaced repetition and the LMI process, when we put that into place, we put those first threads of of unwinding that that conditioning that's been going on for a lot of years. Well, it's the unwinding. There's got to be a start to the unwinding, and um, there's also an end to the unwinding. So um, very good uh, very good program and such good information, and I think that it is so key when we have enlist the other professionals around us to help unlock our potential, help uh, see the conditioning 
which really makes us who we are, whether, you know, for women in, women in leadership positions, but also for men and anyone um, in, in a leadership position looking to break uh, to that next level and, uh, you know, make some goals and, and reach our goals. Again, that the thing that I've experienced is that we are often too close to it ourselves. And that's why we are lucky to have the help of Mary and LMI Riverside and, um, people of the like because again we're too close to it we can't see what others can see we're going to pause now and go to our second set of commercial breaks and then be back and talk a little bit more about uh, the lmi leadership for women uh, system and process our next commercial sponsor is jim thompson of the get clients now program if you need more clients, there's a seasoned attorney and marketing coach you can talk to. His name is Jim Thompson, and his program is called Get Clients Now. He'll help you take crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Please visit LawyersMarketingResource.com and also check out the testimonials on their site. You can also get in touch with Jim Thompson today by emailing him at jet at midwestconsultants.net. You can also call Jim directly at 708-785-4022. The telephone number again is 708-785-4022. Next, from credit damage expert George Finder. Your credit score is a valuable asset. Credit damage expert George Finder is an expert who can put a dollar amount on damage to your credit score. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into the intake process, you and your staff will learn how to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Available nationwide, credit damage expert George Finder is available for consulting to damage to credit reputation. You can visit his website with a helpful video with more information at creditdamageexpert.com. Again, that's creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. Next, from the software and technology attorneys at Marcus Stephen Harris, LLC, software licensing agreements, cloud computing, and software selection all fall on the desks of the attorneys at Marcus Stephen Harris, LLC. This international software, technology, and intellectual property law firm is based in Chicago and leads their software technology path in law. Before entering private practice, Principal Mark Harris worked as Senior Corporate Counsel at SSA Global Technologies, a global software vendor. Marcus also worked in the Legal Contracts Department of SAP Technologies, drafting and negotiating hundreds of technology-related agreements with SAP's Fortune 500 customer base. Today, Marcus leads a talented team who are ready to help you navigate legal and business issues in software technology and intellectual property. Call Marcus Stephen Harris today at 312-263-0570. Their website Website is mshtechlaw.com, and again the telephone number is three one two two six three zero five seven zero. Again, getting back to our show now, we want to remind our listeners that many people do find our shows on their friends' Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages. We thank you for all of your support and ask you to continue sharing our programming with others. Now back to Mary Erlane. Our focus today is women in leadership and the benefits of the uh, LMI Riverside Women Leadership Programs. Um, Mary, we talked a little bit uh, in the first half of the show about how the process really works unlocking people's potential, conditioning, um, what makes, what, what are some of the hallmarks of, of women executives and some, some traits and skills you find uh, common. We also talked about uh, identifying high and low payoff activities and um, 
holding on to control. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about this uh, aspect of holding on to control uh, of different things. And I know that it's a challenge with everyone uh, who has uh, honed skills and is, is really good at something that they do. It's very tough to let that uh, go to another person. I know with uh, certain copywriting, I had to get to the point where it's, everyone has a different writing style. I wouldn't say something a certain way someone else would, but I need to let go of some of that in order to you know, stay efficient and reach my goals. So can we talk a little bit more about um, holding on to control, what to delegate, what to let go, and how you approach these? Um, sure. We've talked about that in the past, and um, typically, again, comes back to some of the habits. Sometimes we just don't know um, there's another way, or we might know that there's another way, but we don't know how to get there. And sometimes, again, we try something different once or twice or or for a month, but we're not measuring the results where we have unrealistic expectations um, of what you know, we we were supposed to be getting out of this. So sometimes it's um, it's realizing that taking that second set of eyes and and really um, having somebody go through the process with you to determine really what are the things you know what is it you love to do? Okay, if there was something you could do all day long, twenty four seven, you know, what is it you love to do in all areas of your life? Um, why aren't you doing it? You know, what are the the challenges that are standing in the way of of you doing it? Um, And why? And just sitting down and really peeling back, taking the time to peel back the layers, but have somebody there to ask the questions. Um, Not be necessarily satisfied with the the pat answer, you know, that, that you might have given. And um, and kind of just dig in, and then really determine what are those activities that now drive income in all areas of your life. Um, how much time are you spending on those? How much time are you spending currently on the activities that drive income in your life, and how much time are you spending on this other stuff? And what's the cost? What is the cost of your to- your time per minute? per hour. And sometimes going through that brutal truth comes to the you you come to the realization of making a decision. And it's not my decision. It's it's the individual's decision. But we now have a satisfactory amount of data where we can decide really, you know, is this worth holding on to? Um and really understanding that with some some goal setting, with some new information, with some implementation and measuring results, with some time, with some coaching, that slowly we can begin to move away from those things. Because if you're spending time on the things you love to do, the things that only you can do and the things that drive income in your life, that, that contribute to your mission, vision, purpose, values, um, you immediately begin to gain positive benefits because 
it will give you income in your life. And income may be measured in dollars. It may be measured in areas of satisfaction and relationships and things that are priceless, memories, you know, whatever. But um, you will begin to, to, to um, amass a whole different set of results in a positive way. And once that begins to happen, you kind of scratch your head going, why was I doing this other stuff? You know, we have one particular client who was on his gerbil wheel all day long, and efficiencies, they measure efficiencies in his particular shop that he he, he leads. And um, his efficiencies were down. He's running himself ragged. He doesn't feel good. He's exhausted by the time he gets home. He's working long hours. When he began to put these pieces of time management and goals management and really understanding what his goals are in all areas of life and taking action on those, he gained six hours a week. And in that six hours a week, um, he was able to effectively delegate, which then got the buy-in from his employees. Um, Lots of things began to happen. Efficiencies drove up. Profitability increased for the company at large, just based on one individual making a decision to go in a different direction. And that's sustainable results. That's not flash in the pan. Those results are continuing today because in all areas of life, things began to improve. And in his family, you know, namely, um, once he started to gain some positive results, why would I want to go back and practice the insanity expecting different results? He doesn't want to go back there again. Not that he doesn't have a bad day, but the reality is he, he knows if if he wants these results, these are the activities he needs to be doing. You know, it's taking a look at some of uh, stepping away and, and really seeing the entire picture and changing some of that some of those activities. It's I found it to be an incredible change in how things process when you you know, take a component out that you just assume is a, a constant variable and swap it out with something else, you can just completely change the landscape of how things are processing. And I always enjoy hearing success stories for the people who made decisions like that and took the step and moved forward and had positive results. And as you said, could not imagine going back to that uh, prior insanity Um how many people, you know, coming back to uh, women leader and women in leadership and business here, how many people have you seen change something that was an absolute fundamental of how they were doing it? They didn't want it to be changed. It's, you know, this is one of the pillars of things, and you're trying to knock the pillar out. Um, what have those experiences been like? Mary? We lost Mary temporarily. Um, I expect that she will be calling back in here. She is. I am back. Uh, there you are. I don't know either. It's really hot today. The temperature at the heat index is something like 150, so uh, probably circuit breaker somewhere. I was just uh, um, commenting that it can be so uh, pronounced when one of the pillars uh, of how you do and how you operate 
uh, is changed or moved uh, or flipped, you know, you know, from one side to the other. Um, you know, sort of. I think of taking your office and putting your desk uh, a wall that faces a different direction. Sometimes for mm-hmm. some people, that's it. But you know, changing. You were talking about the the client who had changed something, and it, it really facilitated. Um, work being processed and done in a more efficient manner and not going, wanting going back to that insanity. What kind of other examples uh, can you give in a couple of minutes before we have our last break um, of people who are hesitant to change uh, some of those and some positive, some more positive results? I like these stories. Uh, one specifically was actually he stood up before an entire reunion um, of, of our clients as well as invited guests that we recently had at LMI Riverside. Uh, one gentleman is the president of a company that's got about 25 or more people in it. And um, he has taken um, his entire, almost his entire company in through um, the LMI process at, at varied programs. And... Um, his profitability has never been higher as an organization. The effectiveness um, in his organization has never been higher. Um, even despite a um, significant loss in top-line revenue, uh, the company reached a profitability um, mark that they'd never reached before, um, and it is significant. Um, he He is... Um, sending every single new employee that he has recently hired, and he's hired a, a handful of five or six, um, again through the LMI process to onboard them because his entire organization lives by goal setting. Um, everything is measured by goal setting, performance reviews, um, the strategic plan. Everything revolves around that, and why that's the case, it comes right back down to the results. Um, they're not they work hard. Um, I will say as, as an organization, they work very hard, but they're not working and jumping on turbo wheels and exhausting themselves. They're highly effective and proactive as a group of individuals. So that's an entire organization. So whether it's one individual that made a significant impact in an organization and needless to say they're lining up additional employees, you know, when you can get... Um, for a $3,000 investment, you can get six figures back, in, and, and that's, that's month over month that will just increase. When you get six figures back in bottom line profit just from that, um, needless to say, you're going to figure out who's next in this organization that can we can have the greatest impact. Um, you know, really, the profitability lies in your human capital. It's not so much in the accounting department and shifting numbers back and forth. Clearly, that's a part of it. But if you can improve productivity and personal leadership in your employees, the sky's the limit in terms of growth. And when you strategically do that, I'm not saying I I descend upon a company and take 100 employees in my fold. No, we do it one group at a time. Strategically, as it makes sense, to take this company through a period of time, the sky's the limit in terms of growth. Um, uh, It it will... um, it will just depend um, upon the commitment and the results. I agree. And I have heard some of the success stories of um, former clients and current clients at seminars of yours that I've attended. And I'm always impressed 
by the genuine compassion for the program and the products that you've offered and how people have taken it to turn their business around. It's such a powerful, a powerful thing. Um, we're going to pause for our last set of breaks here. And when we come back, I want to ask you, you t- noted on human capital, I always uh, talk about human capital and I'm a big supporter of the value. We've talked about this in, in terms of uh, succession planning before and other things and systems is what I want to ask you about uh, for our, our final uh, few minutes. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that if we may. Uh, shortly after our final set of announcements. And this is the part of the show where we bring you some law practice management resources. The American Bar Association's law practice management section is one resource I want to highlight. When you join the American Bar Association, our member, and join the law practice management section, you get a free subscription to Law Practice, which is a bi-monthly magazine dedicated to helping legal professionals master all the aspects of the business of practicing law. Now, there's another uh, periodical you receive with that as well. It's called Law Practice Today, which delivers monthly. It's a monthly webzine that brings you the most current information and trends in the legal industry, uh, also delivering anecdotes from professionals in the field of law. Uh, Also, you will receive Law Practice News, which is a bi-monthly newsletter from the members of the Law Practice Management section, giving you all the latest news in Law Practice Management and the ABA. So, uh, again, the Law Practice Management section is there to support with your four tiers of marketing, management, technology, and finance. Those are the four tiers of the practice management section with the ABA. Strongly consider uh, joining that if you're a solo or in management at your law firm. Next, I want to tell you about the Law Bulletin Publishing Company. When you subscribe to the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and Chicago Lawyer Magazine, you will receive up-to-date legal news from Chicago and around Illinois. Also, check out the Law Bulletin blog, Attorneys in Transition, which offers advice and tips for lawyers going through a career transition. It also hosts a monthly career seminar for lawyers in flux in their careers. And I am one of the weekly advice columnists published on the Attorneys in Transition site, and I hope that you do stop by and leave your comments at attorneysintransition.com. Now, back to our programming. Again, if you have any questions or comments, you can always uh, leave a note on our Law Talk Radio fan page on Facebook. You can simply find that by searching for Law Talk Radio on Facebook. All right, now back to uh, Mary Erlaine to round out the end of our show. Mary uh, highlighted the value of human capital, and um, for those of us who think about human capital, it's really assessing the strengths of people and their knowledge and skill sets and abilities in certain areas. Yet there's also a call to balance the use of human capital with systems. And um, we hear through this with a lot of people, software and systems that, um, you know, there are certain times that there should be a person in a position or sometimes some of the duties are more appropriate for a system and software. Um, in the world of efficiency, uh, which I, I hear people talk about so frequently, um, this comes up. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on systems and how it applies and ties into the programs. Um when you're looking at, well, I guess that kind of goes back into what I've spoken about in the, the past is, you know, when you're looking at systems, um, clearly being having the most um, effective systems in place, um, but also determining what is, what is really the goal for putting this system in place. You know, what is your current system not doing? Is is your current system not doing it because it's out of date and it doesn't have those features, or is it an effective and efficiency problem for the operator? 
so it's um, it's really understanding. Um, we we had this comment the other day where um, we had somebody who was talking about getting a new customer relationship management system. Their current system, um, they felt, was um, not doing the job for them. And when we really dug deeper, it really was um, an issue of not the software, but the person not having the skill set necessary to really understand the power of this tool and the use of the tool. So it really, I guess people operate systems. Um, when we're doing these things in the world of technology also, is this really going to contribute? You know, using, how is this um, technology, if you will, going to help us um, spend more time on our high payoff activities? Um, is this, how is this going to contribute to the mission, vision, purpose, and values and high payoff activities in an organization. Um, and and so when it comes down to um, measuring technology, you also have to invest the time and effort into a developing the people, but at the same time, do you have the right people? Um, have you effectively um, invested? You know, I, I've seen a lot of organizations just change over systems and, and expect people to do self-learning. Um, some people are highly effective at doing that. Others are not. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers your question, but those are some of my initial thoughts. Well, I guess I, from looking at a pro, from a project manager type of perspective, um, I've just heard so many people in, you know, in different industries, um, you know, different, it's different for everyone, but um, there is, I know in legal marketing and lawyer marketing, there are some of the um, tools they talk about for lawyers' uh, systems, instead of having an admin uh, at your office who knows everything about the billing, knows everything about how to process the clients and certain of those tasks and functions, um, when that person becomes indispensable, that's time to get rid of that person. I've heard other people in, who worked in project management say that too, and they really talk about systems. It just seems to not square up with um, maybe maybe it's just how people's human capital are, are not being leveraged appropriately. Um, maybe that's maybe that's the problem for some. What do you think? Well, yeah, and it comes back to in this case what we've kind of shifted into is doing a certain level of um, organizational awareness, um, what we're doing with an organization right now, um, it's really looking at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, looking at some of their key strengths and their areas of, of in need of development. It's, it's taking it much deeper and um, looking at the organization at, at, um, at large and um, clearly focusing on, on that particular area about how that might be affecting other areas. So in this case, that's a bit of an organizational development. Clearly, that we can also assess um, the people inside that organization, whether it's um, a needs inventory, um, if it's a leadership issue, the, the 360s or individual assessments. But um, we've kind of moved into a whole different area. The, the technology issue really can't stand alone. Um, think of it as kind of the... Um, I, I've spoken of the wheel of life, which is kind of our awareness piece as a, um, a, a person, but 
then we have the business wheel of life, which has, I believe, eight spokes. I'm trying to bring it up in my head. It has eight spokes on it, and clearly one of those. Um, you can't have that spoke stand alone. It's, it's what is the impact of the organization at large. Um, and then really in the scope of priority, where does it fall? Um, so that's a bit of organizational development um, that, that we work in. Um, and that's what we're doing right now, you know, inside a, a few different organizations is that those first pieces of awareness um, where we're kind of tearing it apart to get that brutal truth of exactly where is that organization on the map? Uh, where do they want to go? Let's put the plan in place to get there. Well, and some of the people want to get to somewhere on the map that's totally uncharted territory, and we have a, a whole new crop of um, people graduating college and business school and law school and operating with technology and different styles of communicating, different styles of doing business, um, you know, different software technologies where um, they assess human capital a little differently. And then we have square that with our, our professionals who've been out there and have decades of experience and are being perceived as not useful, and it's communicating between the different uh, age groups and, you know, different people to, I think, spot where people's values are and you know where where people's value is in complementing each other um I, i've run into so many so i've had this conversation with people so many times where i keep explaining that years of experience and knowledge in knowing what to do is equally as important as knowing which software program to use or how to streamline or get work out the door more efficiently so i think it's i think a lot of people are you know, sense some trepidation in uh, moving into, you know, a newer world of business that continues changing. Uh, many of us adopted social media platforms, for example, and things keep changing. So if you learned LinkedIn, uh, you know, in 2007, it's a different LinkedIn than it is in 2011. So um, I, I think there are so many, those types of issues, again, that, um, that challenge many of us. Mary, I want to uh, ask you for any following um, quick uh, notes here and how people can get in touch with you. Well, and it comes right back down to if you, um, if you have effective leaders, if you have effective personal leadership going on at all levels in your company, um, that ability to adapt to change, um, changes in the market, changes in technology, um, become easier um, for them to um, adopt over time. Uh, for me, it's Mary Erlane. You can reach me at 630-768-1422. I uh, also present workshops inside companies. It's that first piece um, of awareness as a group and uh, um, that can leave people at a, a level where they walk away with um, new ideas um, and uh, a new understanding of where they are um, and areas potentially that they could develop. Um, my email, m.erlane, E-R-L-A-I-N, like Nancy, at peak, P-E-A-K-M-S-I.com, or Leadership for Women is lmi-leadershipforwomen.com on the web. Um, I want to thank you for having me, Nick. Um, as always, I've um, enjoyed this past hour. 
Mary, I always enjoy your insights as we both continue to navigate in helping people get more out of their business and out of themselves. We want to also thank our commercial sponsors and guests for listening in. We want to thank advertising copy, I'm sorry, advertising copy and intellectual property attorney Nancy K. Ducharme, executive coach Mary Orlano of Peak Marketing and Sales Incorporated in LMI Riverside, third law firm business marketing and public relations agency known as Law Publicist Communications, a division of ALR PRA Incorporated. We want to thank attorney Jim Thompson of the Midwest Consulting Group and the Get Clients Now program, also credit damage expert George Finder, and the software and technologies attorneys at Marcus Stephen Harris, LLC. Again, your Law Talk Radio episodes are broadcast and programmed to entertain and bring our attorney and non-attorney audience tips, tools, and practice area information they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal and professional services. With our guests and listeners located worldwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this social networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine, the law publicist for your Law Talk Radio, and as always, I thank you for your time.